morning, City Church. Welcome to City Church together for Tuesday, March 23rd. As we continue our journey through Luke, we are again in Luke 17 today. We'll be in Luke 17, verses 11 through 19. Beginning in verse 11. While traveling to Jerusalem, Jesus passed between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten men with leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he told them, Go and show yourselves to the priest. And while they were going, they were cleansed. But one of them, seeing that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice gave glory to God. He fell face down at his feet, thanking him, and he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus said, We're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Didn't any return to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he told him, get up and go on your way. Your faith has saved you. And that is the word of the Lord from Luke 17. When I read that passage, um, there are a couple of things that I notice and I want to point out and highlight. Um, One is I'm very curious. The first question I ask is, what does it mean to give glory to God? You hear that often, you know, give glory to God. Does that mean to say, um, literally say glory to God? Does that mean to say, uh, you know, is it like, uh, is it like, uh, you know, Michael Scott on The Office saying, I declare bankruptcy. Do you just say, I give glory to God? Uh, what is does it mean to give glory to God? And I think in this text, we find at least a version of a definition. Um, Additionally, I noticed, um, did you notice in verse 18, the word foreigner? Did you notice the idea of uh, uh, that this is a Samaritan? Jesus points out that this man is a Samaritan. You know, (laughs) um, I I can hear right now people saying, why you got to make, why you got to make this about race, Jesus? Um, but Jesus does. And the last thing I notice is that Jesus says to this man, your faith has saved you. What does that mean? So um, now let's, let's taking those things that we've highlighted, um, let's, go, let's go through here and see if, if we can explain what's going on here. Um, okay, the, the first thing we get is that Jesus is between Samaria and Galilee. So he, Jesus, once again, or, or at, at the very least, the gospel writer here, um, but it, it appears Jesus because he literally points to the Samaritan. Um, there is a tension that Jesus often brings up and that, that, um, that the writers of the gospels often bring up. It is a thread that runs um, all through the gospels. Um, and in fact, you'll find the thread goes all the way back to Abraham, um, uh, or you could even say to, to Genesis 1, and that is this idea of God blessing all nations. Now, the problem with that and, and the reason why this thread pops up so much is because Israel had forgotten the promise made to their forefather Abraham, and through, I will make you a great nation, and through you will bless all nations. In other words, the ending point for God's blessing was never just Israel. The ending point for God's blessings was what you know will pop up in Acts, the ends of the earth, Jews and Gentiles alike. But instead of that, uh, uh, an idea had formed that God's blessing stopped with 
God's chosen people, the Jews. And the Pharisees, who are, are, have been much of the subject of Jesus' rebuke, um, were, they were perpetuating this idea. And so there was all this, um, uh, this, all this understanding of uncleanness that came from Gentiles, uncleanness that came from those outside. Now, the Samaritans represented the worst of the worst because the Samaritans were the fruit of um, the fruit of a Jew um, intermingling with a Gentile. They were the fruit of what what would be looked at as impurity. They were half breeds. They so they shared some of Jewish tradition, and they also shared some of the outside tradition. And so it, it was it was uglier even than just Gentiles, because Samaritans were like, you represent the worst possible of our sins. And yet Jesus, you know, tells the story of the Good Samaritan that we went over a few weeks ago in Luke 10. Um, And here again, he is pointing to, he is breaking these taboos of, I got to show you, I have to remind you of the promise that God originally made, which is to bless all nations through Israel. This is not just for the Jews. This is for everyone, and Jesus is certainly doing that with this story, and he's doing it in a way that shows what true faith is. Okay, now, so that's that's the whole idea with Samaritan and pointing out that he's a foreigner. He is, he is correcting the idea that God only comes to save the, um, the Jewish people. He is here to bless all nations, all right? Then um, he underlines their uncleanness with these men with leprosy. So it's 10 men with leprosy. One of them is a Samaritan. One of them is a foreigner. The other nine are not. But the one who returns to give glory to God is the foreigner. Okay. He tells them to perform this ritual, which they, they go to the priest in faith because that's the way by the law that you are declared clean. A priest would have to look at your skin and say, ah, you don't have leprosy anymore. You are now clean. You are now ritually clean, or you can begin the ritual of, of cleanliness where you are allowed to enter the temple. Um, you can participate in, in sort of regular Jewish life. Um, however, so all of them go excited to sort of sit under the, the proclamation of the priest, but none of them return with gratitude. And that's where we get the answer to that question, what does it mean to glorify God? Notice in verse 15. Um, it says, uh, but one of them, seeing that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice gave glory to God. Okay, now look at the description. This is the description of this man giving glory to God. He fell face down at his feet, thanking him. He fell face down at his feet, thanking him. Okay. Face down at his feet. What is that? That is humility. That is recognizing who you are, like seeing yourself honestly um, and seeing God honestly. That is what humility is. Humility is seeing yourself honestly and seeing God honestly. Um, Think of Micah 6, 8 that calls us to walk humbly with our God. Um, Think of Isaiah 6, where Isaiah enters into the temple and sees sees, uh, the Lord uh, sitting on a throne high and lifted up, and he falls on his face and says, Woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. Um, This is a picture of humility, seeing yourself rightly, seeing God rightly. 
Um, humility does not say things about yourself that are not true. Humility, uh, that's false humility. Um, humility has to say true things about yourself. But it is, it, it, it's, it's seen that when I am next to God, that I am not as big a boy as I thought I was. You know, when I am standing next to God, when I'm in the presence of God, he is to be high and lifted up. I am to be, I am to be low. Think of uh, John the Baptist's refrain from the book of John. He must increase, I must decrease. Now, that is not about, well, you know, God's kind of low and we have to give him glory, like pump him up because he's fallen low. And just like decreasing is not about, well, I really am high, but I kind of have to, you know, say, oh, shucks, I'm not that great in the sin. Or I am so humbled to be invited to speak at this conference. You know, like that's, that's not humility. Um, he must increase means we have got to bring our view in line with where he actually stands in the universe. I must decrease is I have got to bring my view of myself in line with where I actually stand in the universe. I tend to think of myself as more important than I am. Um, and I tend to think of God just by way of my actions as less important than he actually is because there's so many points of the day that I don't even involve God or acknowledge his presence. He must increase, I must decrease. That's humility. The other side of giving glory to God is gratitude. So if you want a simple definition of what does it mean to give glory to God, humility and gratitude, and you can point right at this passage, humility and gratitude, humility and gratitude. What's the opposite of humility and gratitude? Very simply, it is pride and entitlement. And gang, they go hand in hand. Both the vice and the virtues go hand in hand. Pride and entitlement are bedfellows just as humility and gratitude are. And Jesus puts the humility and gratitude as he tells, uh, or, or Luke, the writer, um, in his description of the event, puts the humility and gratitude on the foreigner, the Samaritan, the surprising one, the one that we thought could not be saved. Well, that's as, as readers of the story, that's, that's how we encounter it. So there's all sorts of upside-down kingdomness. There's all sorts of kingdom of God surprise. It sounds like a casserole, doesn't it? That's what it'll be. That's what will be at the at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Kingdom of God surprise um, has a little cheese in it, a little tuna, and I put a little cilantro in it. That's what's that's what's crazy about the recipe. Um, kingdom of God surprise, incredible. It's humility and gratitude, which is giving glory to God, or on the one that you'd least expect the one that is being ostracized, the one that people look at as unclean. Church, let's apply this now. Do you want to? I'm a little bit afraid to. When we think of the people who are farthest from God, do we think of them as farthest from God because they're actually far from God? Or do we think of them as farthest from God because we have just learned the way that um, people who are right look and sound? And have we learned the way that people who are right or righteous look and sound? Have we learned that from the scripture? Have we learned that from Jesus? Or have we learned it from the news? 
Have we learned it from our Facebook friends? Jesus is drawing us to see that faith that saves results in people giving glory to God, and those are people who are filled with humility and gratitude, not pride and entitlement. As we pray, let's do a little self-check. Remember the, the um, earlier in verse 17, Jesus said, pay attention to yourselves. Let's pay attention to ourselves for just a minute. And let's see what describes us. Are we described by the Samaritan in this passage or the other nine? Jesus has definitely, we've encountered Jesus in some way. How have we responded? What is my Facebook or Twitter or Instagram feed full of? What are my conversations full of? How do I use my lunch hour? How do I use my family time? How do I use my free time? What am I using my Saturdays for? What am I using my Sundays for? How do I use my bank account? Pride and entitlement or humility and gratitude? Only the latter gives glory to God. Let's be silent and pray together. Heavenly Father, we want to be this Samaritan. We want to be this outsider. We want to be the one who stops and returns to you in humility, worshiping, you must increase, we must decrease, and gratitude. Thank you. Thank you. You have done it. What I couldn't do, Father, you've done. That's the people we want to be. We will not get there as long as we embrace you decreasing and us increasing. We will not get there as long as we embrace entitlement that says, I'm pretty good. He, God, you know, you kind of need me on your team. The church kind of needs me anyway. Oh, Father, we need a refreshment of humility and gratitude. And we need the expunging of pride and entitlement in ourselves. Holy Spirit, carry through this church today texts, phone calls, reaching out that says, I have acted pridefully towards you. I've acted with a sense of entitlement. And I'm coming today instead to say thank you. And I'm sorry. Father, we long for spirit-filled revival. And we know that it begins and continues only as we give glory to God, having a spirit of humility and gratitude. Make that true about our church. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. City Church, go and multiply the gospel.